Hi, this is Dharm Deep. You're listening to my new podcast, Yogi's Paradise. This is an interview I did with Kundalini Yoga teacher and Eastern spirituality professor Don Paul Donna Caseda on her show, The Tao of Happiness. This was recorded last December, right before I went to Thailand and Bali. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Follow me on SoundCloud at Yogi's Paradise. And also subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Yogi's Paradise. And this awesome interview with Don Paul, Donna Caseda on the Tao of Happiness. Much love and peace to you. Sat Nam and Namaste. I got my chakras alive, you know what I'm saying? I got the higher consciousness vibe going on. Samadhi, I'm in a constant state of trance. Let's experience the joy of this moment. Let's live from the heart. Let's be grateful. Let's live strong and be gentle. Let's laugh loud and talk soft. Let's be forgiving. Let's fall in love with ourselves and with all living things. Let's start right where we are. Let's embrace each day as fresh and new. Let's create the life we want. Let's take a nice long belly breath and simply be. I'm Donna, and this is the Tao of Happiness. I'm dedicated to bringing you quality discussion on topics and ideas that uplift, heal, and empower you as well as expand your awareness and inspire the well-being of your body, mind, and spirit. That's right, baby. If you cannot see God in all, you cannot see God at all. And hello. Happy Sunday to you. I'm Donna, and I'm so happy about today's show. This is the Tao of Happiness, and I have a guest with me today, Dunham Deep. Did I say your name right? Yes, you did. Oh, Satnam. Satnam. I'm happy to be here. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm excited about it. And you just heard us greet each other in the usual way that we do in the Kundalini Yoga world because his background, amongst many other things, is in Kundalini Yoga, as mine is. So we greet each other with a Sat Nam, which is sort of like Namaste, which I think many more of you are familiar with. But besides your background in Kundalini Yoga, you also are a hypnotherapist, you're a sound healer, you're a DJ, you're kind Kind of a modern day renaissance man. I've been to your website and I saw all the different <laughs> things that you do. So share with us all of these different things. Am I missing something? No, I think you've pretty much <laughs> covered it. Uh, lately, I, I've been doing a lot of work in hypnotherapy. I have an office in Tarzana, California at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. So I've been primarily working with clients on their career goals, helping them lessen their anxiety, maybe heal past life trauma. I'm really into past life regression. And mm. uh, it's been a joy to work with people one-on-one this past year since I moved back to LA from San Francisco. And uh, I've been doing a lot of work teaching at festivals like Lucidity Festival in Santa Barbara, teaching Kundalini yoga and meditation, leading kirtans. I've led a lot of cacao ceremonies where we integrate gong and kundalini yoga, pranayama, which is breath expansion. So I'm 
really into the fun side of yoga and really opening the heart center up with sacred plants like cacao, which really open your heart <clears throat> chakra on a hot tub and uh, really balance the levels of magnesium in your body and just open up um, doorways of healing without having to resort to psychedelics or the traditional ways that people in our culture in California have been trying to get to higher states of consciousness. I love that. And it reminds me of something our teacher, because our, our tradition came alive here in the United States because of Yogi Bhajan, who brought Kundalini Yoga here in 1969. And of course, that was the height of the hippie movement. And people, that is such a fascinating time. People were looking for something new. They were looking for a new politics, a new culture, a new spirituality, a new way to get high. And he knew that people were going about it all the wrong way. And they were damaging their nervous systems and making themselves sick. And he wanted to teach them a better way to get that state of of awareness that 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 feeling of expanded consciousness enter yoga and so i love that you brought that that up as a healer you're looking to kind of give people a doorway into healing and into a sense of renewed joy in life but without um, kind of the crutches of addiction or of of things that just end up having a dark shadowy side right there's lots of alternatives out there to psychedelics or entheogens uh cacao is a great plant-based medicine you know i'm going to ask you i have to ask you about that because when i read that on your website that kind of it's like that's something new for me i've been to guatemala because my husband is from guatemala Mm -hmm. and i don't know about the cacao ceremony so you're going to teach me something new yes please share (laughs) well in, in guatemala they have medicine men who bless this cacao and infuse it with their love and sacred intentions. Mm. And I've had the privilege of experiencing these cacao ceremonies in Ojai, California, Mm. at the Elevate Films mansion, the Glenn Muse Estate, Patty Universe, who's a social media kind of pioneer and you know, spiritual healer herself, she introduced me to this plant-based medicine. And so experiencing the heart opening qualities and just the the blend of kirtan and everything that you can do with let me just stop cow. you for a second for those who don't know what kirtan is it's chanting and in yoga you can always find you know clafford that off chanting group chanting and it's very uplifting so that's what kirtan is i just wanted to make sure i clarified that yeah kirtan is great yeah. devotional singing and yeah. music and so i basically I, I taught at this retreat the magical mastery school and i learned from patty and i took these ceremonies back up to san francisco Oakland, Santa Cruz, Santa Barbara, and finally down here working with Groove Temple in South Bay, which is another yoga dance kind of organization that Michelle LeMay and Luis Rosario lead. So I've been, you know, collaborating with a lot of different healers, bringing them to San Francisco, um, bringing them to Guru's Gate Yoga in Manhattan Beach. Mm. And uh, we've been doing a lot of infusion of dance music, house music, which I love, kundalini yoga, meditation. I love the way you mix all of that, but hang on, not so quick. You're not getting away from the cacao that quick. Now, I love chocolate. Is it anything like the chocolate we all know and love? 
And second mm-hmm. question, it's not like the the ayahuasca thing where you're throwing up all the time. No. Okay. No, no you're not. <laughs> Clarify. You're not throwing up at all. <laughs> the, the chocolate is very good. It is chocolate. It's raw cacao, which is 100% raw chocolate. I'm listening. And so, you know, at the store, you go to Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, it's generally like 72% to 80% yeah. cacao. This is 100% raw cacao. And you sweeten it with either honey or blue agave, whatever sweetener that you fancy. And, you know, you blend it in um, in a Vitamix and... You drink it out of a bowl, like a sacred kind of a coconut bowl or something? Yeah, you can drink it out of a bowl, a teacup. It's served many different ways. Uh, you know, we pray over it. Guru Ram Das Guru is a sacred chant that we mm-hmm. pray over it. Why Guru... Yeah. Um, Nomo, different chants, uh-huh. Adi Shakti. So it just depends on, on the evening. Nice. Um, but it's really, really good at, you know, allowing people to go on a journey, mm. but not, you know, have some overwhelming, overpowering type journey. Mm-hmm. You're ultimately in control. It's really not something that makes people flip out or (laughs) feel unsafe. You know, it's very safe. People usually just want to lay down, maybe get a massage or on the other side of the spectrum, they want to get up and dance and it's just, it's very healing and it kind of works with your body for whatever you need, kind of like an adaptogen does. So nice. So that's just one more healing modality that you use. And um, as we were we were chatting for a few minutes before we went on air, we're both healers as well. So we tread some of the same ground here. We were both Reiki healers, energy healers, and we both are teachers in the tradition of Kundalini Yoga. So I want to talk to you about how you became a healer. And I remember reading on your website that you had your own kind of trauma that you went through. And my question to you is, did that awaken within you, the desire not only to overcome your own trauma, but to help others? And so could you, could you, would you be willing to share with us what was your trauma? Well, there were several different traumas, so it depends on where you want me to start. Okay. If you want me to start, you know. Well, I read about that there was a near-death experience. Yeah, I'll I'll start there. So I had a near-death experience in 2001, and I went, you know, unconscious. I started to go into seizures and convulsions. Oh, my goodness. Well, was it an accident? It was an accident. Okay. And so during the time I was out, I I went into the white light. You know, I had people around me to protect me. Um, But during the time I was unconscious, I went into this warm white glow that is more powerful than mm. and beautiful than anything you've ever mm. experienced and um i was surrounded by angels wow. and the the white light was so bright you really couldn't make out anything else besides this light but i felt the presence of maybe seven to eight different relatives or angels that had mm. passed on and one of them in particular seemed to pass on the message to me don't worry about anything ever as they kind of talked amongst themselves saying oh is it his time to go now no he's Mm. he's not ready yet he's going back to earth so during these conversations it was just this one echo 
like this message that she wanted me to hear mm. don't worry about anything ever and it's a powerful message to bring back absolutely harder to put into practice but um yes. it's something that really stuck with me and mm. i i felt like i had a second chance on life a new lease on life and uh i was greatly inspired after that and wanted to be a minister mm. and was just you know really overjoyed to you know come back with this knowledge that there's something out there besides mm -hmm. what we know down here on earth and that um you know the afterlife is is real it's safe mm -hmm. and you know we're always protected in god's arms that is so beautiful in all of the the things i've read about near that near death experiences including my own teachers work buried treasures i you, you probably know who my teacher is guru singh yes. who's one of the teachers at yoga yeah, west i love guru singh he's yeah, great absolutely and he tells about his own experience in his book that came out a couple of years ago not only in his work but you know in some of the other works that i've read it seems that that's one thing that all of these experiences have in common is the white light that it's not just hearsay, it's not just a thing that um, is portrayed in corny movies, but there actually is this similarity of experiences in which people who have at least gone to the quote-unquote other side um, for what feels like an eternity, but what is usually just a couple of minutes at the most, they do experience the sensation of a tunnel, of a light, yes. and of a kind of coziness. Yeah, it's so bright and it's so warm. It's very comforting and it's it's just like nothing you've seen before. It's so bright. You know, that's all there is is that that white light. You know, you my experience was I could, you know, sense, you know, angels or, mm. you know, beings around me, but the white light was so overpowering. It was just shining so bright and you felt so loved and protected. I love what you light. said um, about their message to you. Never worry about a thing. It's mm -hmm. kind of a, a, a real wake-up call because most of what we get ourselves all worked up about turns out to be really nothing. Yes. And it's almost like a habit we get into it that, that makes us neurotic and makes us anxious. <laughs> and at the end, we find out we never really needed to worry about the things that we were worrying about. And it's too exactly. bad that we don't get that message, except in rare cases when you almost go to the other side and then you finally get the message. If only we can mm -hmm. carry it with us and learn from those who've carried that message to the living. <laughs> yeah, I feel we're, we're conditioned as a society and we're conditioned by our parents usually that we have to worry about this, worry about that. And yeah. You know, you just see this neurotic, you know, way of being and thinking and there's all this worry, fear and doubt when we could be choosing love and directing our minds and, you know, helping our subconscious, which drives our behavior. If we fill our subconscious with thoughts of love and with thoughts of beauty and hope, we're automatically going to manifest that in our environment because mm -hmm. the mind creates what it continually thinks about and is attracting so you know all this worrying fear mm. it, do it doesn't do us any good so i have to wax philosophical here for a moment because <laughs> i'm a philosopher i, I got to throw that out a lot of this fear and worry and doubt 
I think it comes from, and I'll get your two cents on this because I love mm-hmm. being able to share this with with those who you know who have. Well, not only have you been to the other side, but also, you know, as a yogi and and we're like-minded in a way, I love to share this and get your two cents. So to me, a lot of this fear and doubt and worry comes from the illusion that we are the doers. We are in control. And so we've got to worry. We've got to worry about our future and we've got to worry about how things are going to turn out. But what happens, for example, when you have an experience like the one you had, a Mm near-death experience, your realization of the fact that you're not the doer is so deep and so moving and hits you on such a deep level that you realize you're not the doer. There really is this kind of divine energy flowing through us and we just have to let ourselves be carried along. What do you think about that? I I would agree with you 100%. Not that you have to, but... (laughs) I, I just have to be real and authentic with you. I totally agree with you and, um, do believe that there is a divine force that mm. that guides us and as much as we want to control this life you know there's only so much we can control yeah and yes you want to be motivated you want to you know make plans but ultimately you know god has a different plan for you i never thought i would be a kundalini teacher <laughs> or doing reiki i was into music and djing yeah. and I was like, I'm going to be DJing every day, you know, <laughs> house music, techno till the day I die. I'm going to, you know. Which reminds me of that funny little saying, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, th- I mm. think that, you know, there's only so much we can control mm. and yeah, the worrying doesn't serve us mm. and, um. Usually, you know, we're worrying about things like, am I good enough? Mm. You know, is that person good enough? It's like we're making judgments about ourselves and other Mm. people. And, you know, it's just, it all stems from fear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's not a good example to set for our children. So, Mm. you know, for my life's work and for going forward from now, I'd like to present, you know, positive, uplifting, loving thoughts that are going to, you know, inspire future generations, mm-hmm. help my niece and nephew, and just, you know, do away with this, you know, fear, this hellfire and brimstone kind of thinking. And that's why I'm drawn to alternative healing and, and Kundalini because I think it inspires love and mm. it opens up our chakras, our Anahata heart chakra Absolutely. and all the other chakras. And, um, you know, like I say a lot of times to my classes, you know, Kundalini yoga is the yoga of love. And I really feel that it inspires love, and that's what I've learned from taking classes with teachers like Guru Singh and Gurmuk, Guru Shabad from Golden Bridge, and my teachers up north, Dr. Yogi and Satradhan 
Karakal. See, I don't know, Doctor Yogi. You 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 come from a, a different background. I think you did your training up in San Francisco, didn't yeah, you? San yeah, San Francisco and Oakland. Nice. So One I of s- my favorite cities, but <laughs> a, a different kind of mini community up there. Dumdeep, we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk to you more about your work now as a healer because um, you've shared with us your experience, you know, and and what you overcame. Uh, to get to this point where you are now. And I thank you for sharing that with us. And next, I want to kind of find out more about how you draw from that in your work as a healer. So with that, you're listening to the Tao of Happiness. This is KBeach, kbeach.org or 88.1 HD3. And I'm Donna Quesada. We will be right back. But wait a minute, something's going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning Yeah Talking about How she can make it right Yeah Yeah Happiness is when You really feel good about somebody Nothing wrong Being in love with someone Yeah Oh baby Love that I happen Love and make you do wrong. 
This is Donna. You're listening to the Tao of Happiness. As always, we at K-Beach, thank you for listening. I am so happy about today's show because I have a guest with me, Dharam Deep, who also, like me, has a background in kundalini yoga, but he also is a hypnotherapist, and he was sharing his own story before our break about his um, personal challenge. He actually had a near-death experience which shaped his work and shaped his direction and shaped his commitment as a healer, as a yogi, but he also is a DJ. I called him a renaissance man. I want to find out more about how he uses these different modalities. But Dudham Deep, first, can you share with us a little bit more about your influences? Actually, I don't think we, we really got into that, but during the break, you and I were talking about some of your influences. You had your near-death experience, and then you started becoming more spiritual, and you started communicating with teachers like Wayne Dyer, who recently passed, recently left yes. his body. I love him as well. I'd love to talk to you about how his work influenced you. Uh, the teacher... Um, of my teacher, who's also your teacher, because we are in the same tradition, Yogi Bhajan. Can -hmm. you talk about some of these influences? Well, I started studying Hinduism and Sanskrit, Mm -hmm. and I became interested on the concept of prajna, wisdom, and how it related to the crown chakra. And I just started listening to a lot of talks between Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. Mm. And Wayne Dyer had talked about this meditation, about meditating on Om and also Ah in the morning. Mm. You know, Om in the evening, Ah in the morning to start your day, and that you could alternate these chants anytime you went into meditation. And so I decided to do this Ah meditation with the Aum mm. before I went to a church service at a church in Eagle Rock, California in Los Angeles, Christian Assembly. And it was probably my third time attending that church. And I had been kind of on a journey to integrate more spirituality and connection with God in my life. And I was deciding whether or not I should continue with this church. And I just went into prayer and meditation during the service further and asked God to show me a sign, reveal Mm. him or herself to me. And within a few moments, I just started to see in my mind's eye a, a vision, like my third eye was opening and there were roses starting to appear after i had a vision of the mother mary so nice you know mary appeared before me a thousand roses just like red roses everywhere just kind of like dancing in my sea of consciousness Mm. and so it, it was a powerful vision with these roses and you know angels dancing in heaven you know trumpets going off it was very you had the whole show yeah now did this feeling of longing of wanting to deepen your spiritual practice come about as a result of your near-death experience yes i think the near-death experience was was a big part of that and me wanting to connect with god and have a journey that included music but also was connected to god and so I would start to work on music with 
vocals like I Believe, you know, mm. Christian gospel vocals intermixed with house music. And that just kind of fired up my drive and motivation to seek out spiritual practices. And so that's how, you know, I got on the path of attending Christian assembly where I felt like this is one of the Christian churches where the Holy Spirit truly was alive and making changes in people's lives. And so... You know, I love that you're talking about this because that's one of my big passions is kind of merging together these different paths. And I love that you're a yogi, but your background was shaped in large part by your experience in the Christian church. I love that because I don't see a division. I have this expression, all rivers lead to the sea. And Mm -hmm. it's just, we are the ones who place the divisions and the barriers and the lines between these different paths. But in fact, truth is truth is truth. And if it's true in one place, I've found that you will find a similar version of that truth in other traditions, in other paths, in other teachings. And Mm -hmm. there doesn't need to be a division. Yes, I, I didn't feel like there was division. When I started to study Hinduism and Sanskrit, the crown chakra opening up. And for listeners who aren't comfortable lotus. with chakras, just I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, yeah, you, no. but <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to lose people. A chakra is an energy center, so it's thought in the esoteric traditions that an, a state of awakening or a, a coming to know God, a coming to know your divine self is accompanied by this simultaneous movement of energy through the body, through what we call chakras, which isn't unique to the Hindu system. You know, the Tibetans have their own version of the chakras. There mm-hmm. seems to be, and now scientists are, are figuring out um, there, that, wow, there does seem to be this concentrated energy that flows along these energy channels that correspond to the nervous yes system that runs along the spine and um so i didn't mean to interrupt you oh no worries (laughs) very good explanation so yes there are these energy centers these spinning wheels of light in the body and they correspond to different glands and organs and the vision i had at christian assembly years later i would realize like that was my crown opening up that was um you know, connection to God, a divine channel to God. Mm. And that that really, after my near-death experience, that peak experience kind of set me on my path towards Kundalini because here I was opening myself up to greater energies from God and from, you know, our source. And it, it led me to the path of Kundalini because the path of Kundalini is the path of light. And, you know, we are light. We come from God. God is light. And so Kundalini is the path of light. And when you start to do Kundalini yoga and meditation, you experience expanded light within the body. And it just continues to expand as you do the practice. And so I found that you know within the church it was great what i was experiencing there and connecting with spirit Mm -hmm. but there was a little bit too much dog and i you know just happened to get sick and i you know got a staph infection and it was really really bad and you Mm -hmm. know i wasn't sure if i was going to live or not because you 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 hear all these things and you never know what's going to happen and um i just happened to start studying ayurvedic 
medicine looking for alternative ways mm -hmm. to heal from this mm -hmm. and that's how i discovered yogi bhajan through youtube and uh, wow through youtube <laughs> i love that that was your your entrance the portal to kundalini yoga it was yeah wow. I, I have no idea how his video popped up i was just looking up alternative ways to heal wow. in ayurveda but his lecture on sadhana which is spiritual discipline that came up and you know in this video he says every day that you don't do sadhana it's like you don't take a bath and you know there's deeper you know insights in that video but that one stands out but he yeah. just drew me in with his voice with his conviction with his his voice will do that yeah. for sure <laughs> and i just i had to learn everything there was to learn about kundalini after i, mm -hmm. I saw that video so i just started to research kundalini and I um, was living in Orange County, but I decided Golden Bridge was the place where I wanted to practice. So mm -hmm. I drove up to Hollywood and did a third eye meditation with Guru Dev Singh. Oh, and nice. That, the healer. Yeah, the yeah. healer. Sat, Satnam Rasayan. Yes. He, um, he led a powerful third eye meditation workshop. There were probably like... 75 to 100 people there and it was the first time i did kundalini yoga in a group and to hear om namo guru dev namo the adi mantra chant in a room like that is very powerful and it was probably the first time i saw my third eye in in my mind's eye wink back at me what was that experience like some people see colors yeah, it's like uh, you see an indigo purplish uh -huh, color, uh -huh. and it's this feminine eye, and it's just like, like winking at you. And well, that's like, life changing. It, yeah, yeah, it was totally life changing, and you know, I, I felt like my senses were heightened after that, and you know, especially my sense of smell. Like right mm -hmm. after I got out of the workshop, yeah, um, you know, there was someone that had taken the workshop with me that I had met there and um was coming on to me <laughs> and you know she was an attractive young lady but something about her smell was just like do not proceed. wow so it awakened this hypersensitivity uh, of your senses yes wow what a neat story yeah I remember um after I did my intense training under my teacher's guidance, Guru Singh, I had what I called the tinglies, this kind of goosebumps um, <laughs> that wouldn't go away, but it, was, it wasn't an unpleasant experience at all. It was quite comforting, quite cozy, like being yeah. you know, wrapped with a blanket of protection. For, so, for a month after that workshop, I was lit up and, you know, my whole body, my stature, my my yeah. you know physical body my heart i was upright you know my spine was aligned and it was just this energy surging for like a month like yeah. it, it was enough to last me a month i didn't need to go to another kundalini class or anything like that yeah like yeah I, like i would later on or i'd go every day but um but like a fire you need to keep kindling it you know and that's yeah. where the sadhana comes from and I, I i know the clip you're referring to where he says it's like not taking a shower but people who aren't you know used to having a daily practice don't 
really see it that way, that it is just as important as your daily hygiene on the outside. You know, this kind of practice on the inside. What are you doing every day that brings you in touch with your higher consciousness, with your sense of connection? And if you take on a practice, whether it's yoga or meditation or tai chi or, or whatever it is, and commit to a kind of practice that brings you into that that feeling of communion and connection, how would it impact your day? How would your day be different? It's that significant, like taking a shower or brushing your teeth. And that's what's so powerful about a tradition that that um, makes you do that. Because at first you're rebelling. You're going, I don't want to meditate. I don't want to get up early. But when you do it, you realize, wow, my there's a kind of empowerment that is um, kind of growing within me, blossoming within me, and, and a way that I go about my day that is somehow different than before. Yeah, and it's powerful when you actually get up early in the morning and you listen to Japji Sahib, yes. you chant it, and then you do a Kundalini yoga set and experience yeah. the gong, and you chant and you sing. It's, it's purifying. Absolutely. It's amazing. Well, one more little short anecdote. This is, again, the philosopher in me coming out about the chakras. You know, just I got to put one more thing out there. I once read a little story that I just got a kick out of. It was about a scientist who had started meditating. And it was a new thing in his life. And he was, you know, very research-minded and, and very um, not woo-woo, not the woo-woo type at all. I've used right. that expression on this show before. And the scientist was everything but woo-woo. But he had gone through some challenges in his life and uh, had ended up in therapy. And his therapist told him to start meditating. And so he did. He found a meditation class. And being the disciplined scientist that he is, he, he took it very seriously. And he was meditating every day. And he did such a good job meditating that after a few weeks, he started feeling these tingly sensations along his spine. And so he started researching because he's a scientist and that's what he does. So he started researching, what is this that I'm feeling in my spine? And he said, you know, I found out there's a name for, for, for these sensations. They're called chakras. And what's happening is I seem to be moving the energy through my chakras. And it's the same thing that the acupuncturists work with. They're, they're working with this etheric energy through these channels called meridians. And lo and behold, I think I found them through my meditations. So he became a believer and something that he never thought he would embrace through yes. his own personal experience. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> move energy through the chakras just meditating. I had a powerful kundalini awakening around the same time I was discovering kundalini yoga. You know, kundalini awakening is separate to kundalini yoga, but there was this huge rupture from the base of my spine and it was mm. like a sensation I've never felt before. Mm. And it moved all the way up to, you know, the base of my skull. Mm. And um, I saw this electric prism of a tiger that was like white, mm. orange, reddish light. And um, it was very You've got to put this down in some sort. You've got to chronicle these experiences. <laughs> You've got some very, very colorful and compelling personal experiences yeah. that should be chronicled. Have you blogged or written about these yet? I, I've started to, to write a book about it. Yeah. Um, it's a huge task to take on. And, you know, I, I've definitely started the process and I have like 10 chapters kind of yeah. outlined. Good, good. So, you know, you're motivating me to, to get back to it. But, uh, 
but yeah, so I, I had that experience and, um, you know, Kundalini awakening is very serious and can produce yes. some, uh, side effects and uncomfortable feelings. But, you know, I worked through those things and working through those things, I was able to help students who would come to me in San Francisco and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, experiencing all these weird Kundalini awakenings, but people from all walks of life, like herbalists, you mm. know, retail people, psychology, grad students, a lot of people come to Kundalini yoga after having a Kundalini awakening. Is that how you found hypnosis? Now this is my segue <laughs> <laughs> to how you um, ended up helping other people and especially how you work with hypnosis. But hold your thought. I have to take just a quick break. This is K-Beach, K-Beach Radio 88.1, KKJZ HD3, and kbeach.org. You're listening to the Tao of Happiness. I'm Donna Quesada, also known as Don Paul in the yoga community. And I'm talking to my yogi friend, Dadam Deep. We're going to take just a very quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish our conversation with Dudham Deep. Um, yes, let me pick, you know, you're hearing behind me um, <laughs> a lot of laughter. This is a very happy, happy studio. Let's listen to this. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning, love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely day Possible to fail when someone else instead of me always seems to know the way. Then I look at you, and the world's all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's gonna be. Seemed impossible 
comfortable affair And when someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's alright with me I just want to look at you And I know it's gonna be Donna, this is the Tao of Happiness, and I have a guest with me in the studio today, Dharam Deep, who's a fellow yoga teacher in the Kundalini tradition. He's also a healer and a hypnotherapist, and I've been so engrossed in our conversation that I haven't even gotten a chance to ask him more about his work as a hypnotherapist. And how you bring all of your background. You've had so many experiences from a near-death experience to um, your experiences in the Christian church and in uh, a third eye awakening class with one of the greatest teachers in our tradition. You've had so many deep spiritual experiences that have been life-changing. I would like to know how you now bring those together as a healer and especially as a hypnotherapist and help others who are on a similar path or who are going through their own challenges. Can you speak about that? Yes. Well, I hold space for others that come to me and need healing. So I've been through trauma. I've been through all these trainings. I think I have the background. I've been peer counseling for, you know, 20 years since I was in high school. I, Mm. was very interested in psychology as a high school sophomore. Mm. My great-grandfather and grandfather worked with Pavlov, Ivan Pavlov, and brought him to the United States and were his students in Russia. So, you know, I've I've had this experience and this, you know, ancestry in my blood, and so I've come to just do what I've been doing all along, which is counsel people who, you know, I consider friends. When someone comes to me, a client, I, I look at them as as a friend that needs help. And, you know, I, I do help my friends. I help people that find me off of Yelp or the internet. And they either come to me in my offices in Tarzana at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute where I went to college and studied hypnotherapy, or I also do group sessions where we do workshops that either incorporate kundalini hypnosis, as I call it, and 432 hertz sound healing, which mm. my friend Torkum G does. And the 432 hertz sound healing just adds to the healing properties of helping people drop into the parasympathetic nervous system response. And I also believe it's healing on the glandular system. And 
accesses the subconscious where we can produce change because the subconscious governs 90% of our behavior and that's where all our beliefs come from. So whether we believe we're mm. good enough or not good enough, that's in the subconscious. Okay, this is getting juicy now. So let me just stop you for one minute to make sure that certain things are kind of well understood. You mentioned tapping into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is really the relaxation response. So our nervous system has two main channels, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And as healers, we want to strengthen or help people strengthen the parasympathetic nervous system branch, which helps us get into that relaxation, the state of deep, deep relaxation where healing occurs. And Mm -hmm. so you're using sound to get to that, that state of relaxation. You're using hypnosis so that the body can essentially heal itself. But you said something else that was very, very powerful and juicy, that it's the subconscious that holds all of the the stuff. It's it's kind of a, I think of it as a cesspool. Would that be unfair to use that? It's it's kind of like, you know, I remember my, you know, going through my own training and learning how much the mind generates. It's, you know, like the 405 at rush hour and all of these unprocessed thoughts get dumped in the cesspool and the very few that make it to our conscious awareness um, and get translated into feelings and, and emotions and actions and reactions are but a very, very small percentage. The rest get dumped into the cesspool. But alas, that doesn't make them powerless. It's, it's, they've, they lay there and they make friends and they get together and they make us do stuff and act in ways. And we wonder why we're acting in those ways and we feel like we're crazy. And so that's where. Yes, there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of garbage in there. And so as hypnotherapists and Kundalini yoga teachers, we attempt to clean out the garbage. Uh huh. And hypnotherapy really does go in there and get a lot of that garbage out. And replace the limiting beliefs and thoughts with empowering beliefs and thoughts Mm -hmm. and really helps people realize their worth and love themselves. And so we, we do this by, you know, helping people relax. So at a basic level, what I do is help people relax and people are very surprised when they come to a hypnosis session for the first time. They're like, Oh, that was kind of like a guided meditation. Like, they think you're going to do some super tricky thing to them. And <laughs> People or think cartoons mind. and make them bark like dogs or something. Yeah, bark like dogs, <laughs> bark like chickens. <laughs> but that's not what we do. We, we help people relax as hypnotherapists. And as Yogi Bhajan said, a relaxed mind is a creative mind. So when you're creative and relaxed, you're able to come up with your own solutions to your problems. So oftentimes you as a client coming to a hypnotherapist are able to access empowering beliefs and empowering solutions to your problems. Nice. So are there certain conditions that respond better than others to hypnosis for those listening who might be kind of hypno curious? (laughs) Well, smoking is, is responds very well to stop Mm -hmm. smoking, smoking cessation, nail biting is another one of them. Mm. Uh, I've seen clients that reduce their anxiety. Mm. Um, people that are depressed with a doctor's referral can, you know, come and get help. And uh, there's 
there's a wide variety of conditions, but we mainly deal with fears and phobias. So, mm-hmm. which is so prevalent. Fear of heights, a fear of you know. Where going. can people find you if they're they're listening and um, this fits the profile and they've always wanted to try it? Where can they find you? You can find me at ilovekundalini.com. Ilovekundalini.com. And also on Yelp under Om Lotus. Om, O-M. Yes. L-O-T-U-S. Yeah, Om Lotus in Tarzana, California. In Tarzana. And so you can read my reviews and testimonials, or you can also go to Dharam Deep. Dot com. Which I will put on my, the Tao of Happiness has its own Facebook page. So you can find my page for the Tao of Happiness, which is this show, on Facebook. And every week I put uh, little recap notes about my shows. So I'm going to put Dudham Deep's information on the Tao of Happiness page also. So his name is D-H-A-R-A-M. And then D-E-E-P, Dottam Deep. So I'm going to put all of that on my page as well if you'd like to inquire further with him directly. Um, awesome. And one other site is yes. uh, therapy121.com. It's a group of therapists that I've joined. And this is a new website. So you can check it out, therapy121.com. Excellent. Now, last question. We're getting to be sort of that time, but... I wanted to ask you, because I'm personally curious, as a healer, as a a yoga teacher myself, I love to share this with with those who are also in the healing fields. What is it about a certain client's situation that leads you to address it with hypnosis and not, let's say, meditation or a kundalini kriya or some breath work, for example? What makes you use one modality over another? Well, sometimes I I integrate both. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, during a hypnosis session, I could add pranayama Mm -hmm. and or meditation. And I just presented at the American Hypnosis Association on kundalini hypnosis, which is basically a term that I've coined to describe the style of hypnotherapy that I do. So... You know, in this presentation, I presented Kirtan Kriya and lots of other different pranayama techniques. Which is breath work. Breath work, uh-huh. uh, left nostril breathing, alternate la- nostril breathing, mm-hmm. breath of fire. So generally, I'm going to go to hypnosis mm-hmm. 100% of the time because it's it's what I do and it's proven, it's effective, it's going to get the results faster mm-hmm. than typically anything and there's a crossover i think a lot of what we do in kundalini is hypnosis and Mm. yogi bhajan the the master of kundalini yoga was using a lot of hypnosis and you know what i what i think was hypnotherapy and in the trainings that he did Mm. and you know you'll hear teachers like hari jivan and other kundalini another teacher i love yeah other kundalini teachers you know teaching their students hey this is what yogi bhajan was doing right here Mm -hmm. and it's hypnosis and it's just a way of bypassing our conscious mind which is always you know analyzing all the time and getting into that relaxed state Mm -hmm. so that the suggestion or the empowering behaviors 
get in there and they they are what you become so mm. the important thing to realize about hypnosis is it's not about mind control it's about empowering the individual mm. to become healthier happier and holier so i love that i love that I lied. One more question. Does it have to be one-on-one? What if, can you, for example, use hypnosis in a group setting or in a couple's setting? Yes, I, I do the group hypnosis sessions. So I do them, you know, sometimes twice a month, sometimes once a month. Mm. You can look on my website and see. So you can do a hypnosis party. They can call you and book like a Tupperware party or something? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm in talks with um, <laughs> with doing a, a course in miracles Kundalini mm. workshop as well. There's a teacher that I follow here in Los Angeles that I think does great work. Mm. Bridget Trauma. Um, so nothing set in stone yet, but um, I I do all kinds of collaborations. I'd love to collaborate with you, Donna. Um, I'd love to collaborate too, Dunham Deep. So yes, we do we do the group sessions and typically I'll integrate the Kundalini, the hypnosis and the sound healing into all one session and I love that. The workshops I'm going for these days, they can be two to three hours, but I really like to go for like full days now. Not like wow. eight to 10 hours, but like a six hour workshop, I think is really effective. That way you can you know, integrate all of the speakers um, that are included that you're collaborating with. Perfect. And you can go over yoga, you can do hypnosis, you can do meditation. Kirtan, it's it, all right. It's perfect. Well, we are out of time. You've been listening to the Tao of Happiness. I'm Donna Quesada. My guest has been Dottam Deep, and I'm going to put Donna. all of oh, thank you for coming, Dottam Deep. And listeners, you've witnessed the birth of of maybe uh, an impending workshop or collaborative effort. I'm going to send you out with um, one of my own guided meditations, and uh, so we are signing out. Have a wonderful Sunday, everybody. Thank Th- you so much, Donna. Begin by closing your eyes Completely settle into this moment And take a few deep nourishing breaths Inhaling and exhaling through the nose. Completely filling up your lungs each time. And resting with each breath before letting it go. Feeling your breath. Feel it expand in your lungs. Feel it expand against your ribcage. Against the sides and the back of your ribcage. With 
With each inhale, feel your breath expanding down toward your diaphragm. 